0: Okay, before we jump in, I wanna introduce you to a friend of mine. His name is Sven Lawrence and he is unbelievably smart. I got connected with him probably about a year ago and we've started talking a lot, like on a really regular basis. I really like the way that his mind works. His investment strategy is really based on finding undervalued stocks around the world, not just domestic. Now, he's scooping up different companies across the globe at amazing prices, and his returns are phenomenal. You guys can actually follow along with a lot of his knowledge and information on his weekly dispatch. You guys can check it out at expatmoneyshow.com forward slash undervalued. We're actually going to be doing a lot more work together, and I'm really excited about this partnership here. So guys, Get to know him. Get to know his work. If you guys are interested in stocks, in investing, in equities, in companies, then this is the guy that you want to follow. You can go to expatmoneyshow.com forward slash undervalued to sign up for his free newsletter. He has a paid newsletter as well as a lifetime subscription. They are also worth checking out. I am actually a lifetime member myself. I love his special reports. They are fantastic. He has a little bit of humor in them. He is really intelligent, goes into a deep analysis, but doesn't make it dry or unfun to read. So, Fully endorse this. I really am excited about it, and I hope you guys get a chance to take a look. Go to expatmoneyshow.com forward slash undervalued, all one word, undervalued. Okay, let's jump into today's interview. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Mikhail Thorpe, and this is the Expat Money Show. Today's guest is the founder and elected head of state of Liberland, a sovereign state located between Croatia and Serbia. Liberland is a constitutional republic with elements of a direct democracy. The country's motto is to live and let live. I love that. Please welcome to the show the founder and elected head of state, President Vit. Vit, how are you, my friend?
1: Great to be with you, Mikhail. It's, it's also a great time here in Dubai. I think it's one of the busiest times in the year with the expo starting and with our presence on it and also with, I think, like 40 different crypto conferences that are taking place. So it's it's a lot of exciting events happening here.
0: Well, absolutely. And we were chatting just before we pushed record today. I lived in the Middle East for many, many years. And I wish that I was there right now to be able to see you. But I think we'll be at another event next week. I'm going to be digital. You're going to be in person. But it's kind of funny how our paths cross over and over again. (laughs) Well, you know, we're probably heading the same direction then. Probably. So why don't you take a minute and kind of explain not just about Liberland, but how did it start? Like I'm I'm curious about your backstory, how you decided that something like this was necessary, how you would even begin to build a country from scratch. I mean, all of it. I'm super excited to learn from you.
1: Well, there is this favorite quote by Mr. Maxwell that it's much it's you know, instead of breaking things, you know, you should start building from scratch, right? That, that to inflict a real change. It's much easier actually to start building from the scratch than try to fix the old things. So we followed that idea and for many years I didn't realize I was following it, but then it made complete sense to me. If we tried for, I think, six years, seven years to change something in Czech Republic, we started a, a big educational website for for people that that uh, didn't know what is politics about. And we, we had like 21 million views at the time. And so it's not that bad in a, in a 10 million people country, right? Like you, you would say that everybody saw at least two videos. And then we also started a political party and we really thought that we we're going to make it into the parliament and, and change everything. But after we made it to European parliament, I realized there is actually no way, even if we had majority, to be able to substantially change anything. The system is so built that that it cannot be changed from within, right? And the only way is to change it from outside. And, and just like Bitcoin is revolutionizing the way the traditional finance institution works especially the central banks will work probably very soon or will not work at all uh, we we thought that we need to innovate on the level of the country governance and uh, there has been no innovation for more than 200 years right the I mean, American constitution has been a great step forward and there has been done very little since. And we are living in this great world of decentralized autonomous organizations. And we've got all these great thinkers like Marie Robart and Mises and, and many others that did a great job on describing the ideal society. So I just decided to go ahead and try to create on my own, of course, with a huge support now
0: behind my back. So do you think that if we were to go backwards in time 50 years, 100 years ago, would you still be able to do something like that? Or is it the technology that has allowed you to be able to create something like this?
1: Well, of course, you know, we could collect the applications for citizenship through mail. But since we had the internet, we received like 600,000 emails and and 200,000 applications in the first week alone. So that really helped the fact of being possible to interconnect and uh, the fact that the international news are spreading so fast. But of course, I think the idea of Liberland is timeless, right? You could see, you can trace that back to the exodus of the Jews from Egypt uh, all the way to the American Revolution and uh, the Tea Party movement. Uh, the the motto is kind of still the same when the taxes become too high and when the when the freedoms are being deteriorated then there is a great urgency in the society to try to fix that and i think this time around when the taxes have grown up to i don't know 65 percent in western societies in many places the urgency is ever higher and of course people have a chance to move to some places which are a little bit freer but i think think the best way to go about is really start from scratch because we can see that even the countries that are free they're still under huge influence from from the powers that be that are trying to install corporate 15 percent tax that are making all sorts of silly movements to install all kinds of global taxes and and regulations and and the projects like like you are really turning down the potential of economic growth in Europe and uh, we have to we have to fight with it through different means and the best way to to deal with these kind of things is to start from scratch.
0: Yeah that makes sense for sure. I think that it's also interesting because I mean if we look at somewhere like the United States they had the constitution and things were very free for a very long period of time and the document did protect people and people's individual rights and then slowly but surely they started being eroded one by one by one and now we have the largest most obese government in the world which is causing so many problems around the world what are kind of the strategies to make sure when you were writing the constitution or the organization was writing the constitution that it doesn't get eroded in a hundred years or in 200 years after we've all moved on
1: i think The strongest tool that we have installed for that is that there is only one institution that can create new laws but there are three institutions that can get rid of them Uh, so we do have a Senate veto we have a constitutional court veto and we also have a public veto something that we took from switzerland you know that the majority of society can get rid of any law that they don't like at any point after it has been passed so i think the combination of these three institutes will be very helpful in making sure that there will not be unnecessary laws in place in in Liberland. And also the constitution itself, I mean, it has been written in a way uh, that step by step, it has tried to avoid the the pathways through which the American constitution has eroded. So it, it directly states all those places. Where the, the problems have been, or like the, the pathways for deterioration of freedom were created, that, that this is not a way for you politicians to go because we have it written right here in the Constitution. So we can try to patch all the holes in U.S. Constitution and we are adding a bunch of new institutions that are there just to get rid of new laws.
0: Okay. So... We talked a little bit about, you know, why it was necessary and how you got into this. Now, did you actually start the program before you had found the land or was the land the first step? I'm kind of curious about the history and maybe the timeline of how things have come up until this point. And then from there, obviously, we're going to be able to talk about what are the things that Liberland is going to be able to do.
1: We actually had the idea first and then we started looking for the piece of land. Uh, We almost ended up in the place between Egypt and Sudan. Uh, Luckily that it didn't happen because some American guy has sticked the flag there and we thought there is no point of going there. And we had a series of discussions and there is a funny story. We also helped him on the marketing side before Liberland started and he actually never paid us for the service, which is the only person actually in my life that didn't pay me for the service. The the territory of that place is 5,000 kilometers and he owes us five thousand dollars, so I was thinking that could be an interesting way to settle the, uh, the the problem with the non-payment for our services. But but you know we decided that's actually not a good idea to to do it over there, and uh, that it would be much better to do it in a place which is which is in Europe, where I think the free ideas are the most necessary to spread uh, right now, and which is also in a culturally similar environment. And there is one more story to it. I mean, the Czechs, according to the legend, came to Czech, to the area of Czech Republic from the territory between Croatia and Serbia. And that, like the, the legend is disputed, but just this fact, you know, take it into account, and that in a way, um coming like historically also to the to the roots of where the, the tribe that is was called that was led by the guy called Czech, that that he was actually originally from a place between Croatia and Serbia. And of course, there are a number of other reasons why why this is a good place. And and, and it's a right time for it in, in this particular place. It's a beautiful heart-shaped territory. It's a beautiful place with a lot of nature around it. And the foremost, it wasn't claimed by any other country for more than 25 years before we claimed it.
0: Okay, so can you dive into that a little bit? How does that happen? How does a large plot of land just get overlooked? It has been...
1: In limbo uh, for for a very long time because basically if any if either Croatia or Serbia would claim this piece of land they would lose the border dispute uh, with the other country so and that hasn't changed so we're in a very special situation where Liberland is the only entity which claims this territory and right after Liberland was created only eleven days after Liberland was created actually there was this statement by the foreign ministry of Serbia, which stated they don't mind creation of Liberland on on this territory, that it was not formed on the territory of Serbia, which was very important because if you look into most of the world maps, the ones that don't show Liberland yet, it has been displayed as a Serbian territory. So from that perspective, it's it's very supportive and very important statement from beginning. And they have been somehow helpful, Serbians, since inception of Liberland. And Croatia simply states, you know, they—it's uh, not well—they would like this territory to be Serbia, right? And they have never included it into any of their territorial claims. They have not entered into EU with it. All of the Croatian maps don't include Liberland, so it is a very interesting position in which Liberland has become the only entity to claim this territory. And until now, we actually don't have any territorial dispute. Yet, of course, starting a new country is not that easy. We do have a lot of challenges. And then the the simple, say, step to take territorial control will be the most important step in the history of Liberland.
0: So you searched out, you found a place of land, and... I would imagine it would have been very, very rare to find any land on Earth. Like, I've done some work with the Seasteading Institute, and, I mean, their idea is all the land is taken, therefore we're going to go out into the water. How do you even go about trying to find a piece of land which is not taken? Is there any other pieces of land on planet Earth that have not been claimed? Or was this, like, really finding a needle in a haystack...
1: Yeah, there is a bunch. I mean, you know, part piece of Antarctica hasn't been claimed yet. Actually, there is a a flag stuck there by one of our citizens already. But there has not been a a serious attempt to to claim it. And there's been part of of international treaty. You know, there are multiple places in the war zones which are unclear. And there was this play between Egypt and Sudan. There is a, actually an Wikipedia article on the Terra Nullius and and the places that were left and. You know, and interestingly enough, Liberland was there, uh, and it was just a clear choice in our shopping list. You know, I got, I felt in love directly when I just saw the, uh, the shape of the territory, and when I just deep into it, when we were we were considering Liberland as potential place for Gornia Siga as potential place for creation of Liberland. That's how the territory was formally known. If you're looking for it, then then it it was just immediate immediate relationship with this piece of land, because the legal side of it is really interesting and it's very clear that it has been an omen's land before we claimed it.
0: Well, I'm not a superstitious individual by any stretch of the imagination, but it is quite amazing that when you go out to look for something, to create a country for freedom and liberty, you find such a amazingly beautiful perfect spot. Like, I mean, you and I have been on video calls before together and you've shown me the space and I was like, wow, it's very pretty. And it's like, I would not want to be in the middle of a war zone or in Antarctica or some of these other places that you mentioned. But I mean, right in the middle of Europe, I mean, it's amazing.
1: Yeah, it's also very strategic. The great thing about it is on the Danube. So we are on an international waterway and that, that is basically allows you to kind of see set the Danube many people have done that they have i don't know they have even grown marijuana on the Danube but but it's protected by these very strong international treaties that uh, that make it similar like you you go out of territorial waters of the country so that's another great thing about it and, and another amazing thing is that it was naturally created and it has a, almost i would say but the more we try to count almost perfectly 7 million square meters, right? So perfectly uh, nice number as well, very symbolic, and a and perfect place for creation of a new country. We're roughly three times bigger than Monaco. That makes it a very reasonable size of creation of, of new country, similar size like Gibraltar, ten times bigger than Vatican. So from that perspective and the development of Liberland, I think it's a perfect, perfect fit.
0: And so where are you guys now with colonizing? From my understanding, all of the You guys are more focused on having the constitution, having recognition, these types of things. Is there any people living yet in Liberland?
1: Well, what we have done, there are two projects that are directly aimed at at settlement of Liberland. First one is the houseboat project, and we're building ships actually that are permanently stationed next to Liberland. Uh, And the, the, the next spring will be another big round of that. So people that want to be able to stay in Liberland, the best way to do it is get a nice Trendy houseboat with you know two bedrooms and living room and all the necessities. So that's one way we're going about it, and uh, that's that's the one where we are showing a serious effort to actually put people inside of the territory. And the other one is a base that we have created or that we purchased uh, two months ago, and and has already been uh, a place for our annual uh, festival called Floating Man. So it's a seven hectares of land where where there will be a, a village on the opposite side in Serbia, uh, which we managed to acquire, and it's a great place for architects now to show what they can do. Uh, by the way, you can also see that on arc.ll.land, the initial design is already public. Uh, so that's another exciting project, which helps us to learn more as a community, how to construct different things, how to interact with the with the locals. And it's, it's a, one of the initial projects to show that we are actually serious about inhabiting Liberland as well. And maybe I should just mention, you know, there is one more effort, which is more on a commercial side. Uh, we also managed to start the free trade zone. That's also five kilometers away from Liberland, so very close. And uh, and we are developing there a presence that will be used by Liberland and other companies, which is a place there is no VAT, there is no customs. It's a very special place, basically, under the standard free trade zone legislation that is there already in Serbia. But I think in relation to Liberland, it's a great opportunity to bring some very cool businesses and manufacturers and traders to build up a large logistics center that's also a project for next year which is very close to completion already in the form of the initial uh, for example building that will be used for that logistics
0: well and i also saw on the website when i was doing my research that there's actually company registration that will be done through Laborland. there's all types of things that we would normally expect for some type of an offshore or nearshore jurisdiction
1: just got facelift today i just saw the facelift uh, you know very like two hours ago so uh, there is a hard work on that side as well uh, and uh, it will be integrated into our blockchain governments governance very soon so that will be a lot of fun because we will be able to incorporate daos on top of liberal and governance blockchain
0: Amazing. Well, when I went through my residency program for Liberland, I was amazed because you guys used KYC Chain from a previous guest of mine, probably about five years ago, he came on to talk about KYC Chain. So it's actually using technology right from the very first moment when you apply for residency, using blockchain to go through all of these processes. So it's being built with very strong backbone, for, for lack of a better word, which I was very impressed when I went through.
1: Yeah, well, of course, the founder of KYC Chain is a liberal citizen from very beginning. And it's a lot of fun to try to put all these leaders of different projects, crypto projects and blockchain projects together, uh, because most of the are doing something really cool. Sometimes it's even difficult to decide, you know, who's going to do what. So... You know we're really in this exciting time and especially I feel it here in in Dubai right when I'm meeting all these people there are citizens on these blockchain conferences and they're doing these multi-million dollar projects uh, you know using yet another use cases for the technology that, that Satoshi has laid out right so it is a really really cool to to see that revolution happening especially in the financial world but now in the insurance industry and and I think with a little bit of help of liberal and also in the in the space of governance of nation states.
0: So earlier you talked a little bit about Floating Man, the conference. I was supposed to go this year, but because of our new baby, I wasn't able to attend. Hopefully next year I will be there. It's on my calendar already. Why don't you talk to us a little bit about the conference, what you guys do on an annual basis, and you know obviously where people would be able to find out more about that.
1: Well, Floating Man aim is to attract as many people as possible to come at the same time to settle Liberland. and uh, But also do it in a very, I would say, entertaining way. So we have a lot of art artists and, and musicians. And uh, this year we were able to attract around 1,000 people. I think we need to attract a couple thousand people more to be able to properly settle in Liberland. But it is literally an exercise for the settlement of Liberland. With a lot of artistic help. Uh, and this year, we also had a conference, which was very well attended. It's also a great spot for promotion of liberal and businesses and the local advancement of, of multiple things. It's a great way to invite the local thought leaders, uh, the Serbians and as well as Croatians. And right now, we also have a nice venue for it. So if you're coming to visit the village, we actually bought it with a. A, with a restaurant in place that can fit up to 300 people. So we already have the venue there from which this whole floating man is happening and people get on boats. Uh, if you know Ephemer L- Isle, if I'm spelling it or if I'm pronouncing it right, it's this great gathering which was also inspiration for us, so people get on the boats. And, and they do enjoy the, the, the delta of the river in, in San Francisco, if I'm correct. Uh, In our case, it is Danube river and they enjoy Liberland and they enjoy the summer weather and the beautiful sandy beaches. If, if the water is not too high, then they also have a really beautiful spot for, for swimming in the summer and enjoying themselves.
0: Well, I'm super excited about it because. It looks like a lot of fun. I was watching some pictures and some videos. I also watched you do the introduction, the welcoming ceremony. I think it was. I watched some videos from that and it was like, oh, I really wish I could have been there for this year, but definitely next year, Well, for sure. Next year.
1: Awesome. We're really looking forward to have you and yeah, I hope you will be able to do your show out of, out of the media room that we're preparing now.
0: Yeah, that would be amazing. I very keen to go and film a lot of content. I think I will most likely be a speaker as well, but just to meet everyone and actually spend time with people again of like mind who are actually wanting the same things, who are actually actively going out there. I think that's the big difference between this program and a lot of other libertarian programs that are out there. A lot of times programs and and hosts and things like this will talk about why we need to have liberty in our lives, why we need to have freedom. And a lot of it is a thought exercise, but they're not proposing any real strategies. The work that you're doing is a real life strategy for actually helping people to have more freedom and liberty in their life. And I really commend that. I think that it's something that we should all get behind because just talking about things or complaining about things is not the way to go we actually need solutions we need things that we can actually do with our lives to help our families to help our community so i mean with that i think that thank you for the work that you do because i found out about this probably about five or six years ago and i've been following along since and you know we we got connected earlier this year one-on-one and the tremendous amount of work that has been done in the last five or six years since i've been watching Yeah, really amazed me, really amazed me because this is one of those types of things where, I mean, you might chat about, you know, wouldn't it be great for a place that we could live that was free and open and we were not oppressed and then you actually didn't just talk about it, you actually went out there and did it. That's amazing.
1: Of course, thank you very much for your support and the kind words. We've got still so much work to do and believe in in pushing the the things into into the, you know, into the, this particular area and, and I'm really, but on the other hand, I'm really enjoying the fact that Liberland has become a huge hub for people that seek liberty and they help each other to get through, you know, getting the licenses for crypto exchanges, seeking other citizenships, finding out best solutions for, I don't know, for making bridges between different blockchains looking into how where the businesses international businesses are done the easiest way so we are literally a nation of of freedom seeking individuals that uh, that does have the best of the best experts in each field somehow involved so you know it's not a coincidence that that for example Nomad Capitalist is also based very close to Liberland already and they are I would say doing one of the great works on on putting people on the right path in terms of their financial freedom and that you are involved of course you know there has been a great amount of work on on many fronts in this regard so I really enjoy that uh, the the group and the, the social gathering and the fact that we are able to make big steps especially this year and at the beginning of next year to make things uh, happen, uh, you know, around the territory as well as in the territory. And we are finally finishing the constitution and the blockchain governance. And we are also putting out a, a exact idea how Liberland could be physically developed. All these things really make me enthusiastic about the months to come.
0: Well, and I think that it really could turn into a hub for like as an accelerator program on people who have project, different entrepreneurs from around the world that would be able to gather in a spot and actually learn from one another, teach, brainstorm, mastermind, all of these types of things that really happen with a physical space. I mean, we can do online, but a lot of it is much better done in person. And when you have all of these types of people together, I think literally like magic could come out of this country.
1: It already does, you know, some of the things are not visible, but it already does, you know, the connections that we have made and, and just think about it, you know, like when Liberland started in 2015, Bitcoin was at $250 per one coin. And uh, and we had the first settlers of Liberland were actually these guys that established Bitcoin Swiss. And so many people actually got paid and got to learn Bitcoin and an initial basically, uh, you know, this settlement organization gathered some euros and turned them into Bitcoin and delivered all the volunteers and people that were hired their Bitcoins. And now, you know, how much there were some of the people working as volunteers or they got paid very little at the time, but they kept the Bitcoins were paid more than, than the best paid uh, president at the time, right? It is It is kind of crazy situation in which if you came out early to help Liberland, you were you were paid better at the time if you kept the bitcoins than most well-paid presidents on this planet. So there are these, these funny stories also from, from the inception of Liberland, which make you think, you know, how, how actually rewarding is it to be on the right side of the history in terms of the freedom, uh, because it always finds its way through. Instead of just sitting at home going to Liberland and doing something can be very, uh, very rewarding.
0: Well, and I, that kind of reminds me of the story with Julian Assange and WikiLeaks. They banned taking any donations for WikiLeaks, and the only way that they could get payments was through Bitcoin. And the, the appreciation of Bitcoin, it ended up doing them a massive favor. They ended up making you know, tens of millions, possibly hundreds of millions of dollars by holding on to the Bitcoin through this time. So by actually accepting Bitcoin or these other projects years ago, it's actually probably had a a good boost to the economy of Liberland.
1: Of course it did. And uh, and, um, it helped us a lot, you know, and right now I I would say we are following up with El Salvador. We sent some foreign aid uh, through Liberland Aid Foundation, uh, which is a separate activity from the state. And now it opened us some doors. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy that there is a second country to basically adopt Bitcoin as as a main currency. We have not, we never pushed for any adoption of any like legal tender, right? In Liberland, anybody is free to use whatever currency they want. But of course, uh, the Bitcoin has become the number one currency in our ecosystem from, from very beginning. And now we can kind of share as a nation a little bit of that, I'd say wealth, now with with El salvador who has jumped on it as a second and and the money or the bitcoins are going to the children's Hospital, which is going to get funding through through that organization so you know these things are it's also kind of interesting like that that lenders are doing some humanitarian work abroad and now in more than eight countries we're doing some charity work because of cryptocurrencies and because labor lenders are wealthy
0: amazing. I've started getting into giving and charity work and nonprofits this year as well. My listeners will probably know the work that I'm doing with 1018 in Uganda. And it is amazing work and not something that I have a lot of experience with. So I'm going to definitely be reading up about the work that Liberland is doing, that other Liberland citizens are doing, and possibly find ways that I can help and get involved in with that as well.
1: Thank you very much. Any connection with other humanitarian
0: activities is very,
1: very much appreciated.
0: Okay, we're just going to take a quick break for a second. So recently, my friend Ollie Richards has released a new set of uncovered courses for learning a second language. These are the exact courses that me and my family used to go from really crummy Spanish to fluent in less than two years. So I am a big believer in his work. Not only that, but we've really become friends over the last couple of years. So I'm really happy to be able to support his program. So if you guys want to learn a second language, if you want to be a digital nomad, if you want to travel the world, then these are the programs for you. All you need to do is go to expatmoneyshow.com forward slash languages. He has some special promos there, some special deals, new courses coming out, lots of exciting things. I hope that you guys take a second to go and look for it. Learning the local language really shows respect for the people, for the culture, instead of just forcing everyone to learn English. Listen, trust me, I know I have been traveling for over 20 years. It's not always easy to learn another language. Even a few words, though, can really make a big difference. And if you want to be an expat and live in another country, like in Latin America, where I am, then learning Spanish is pretty much mandatory. So go to expatmoneyshow.com forward slash language and check out the work that he does. Okay, let's jump back into the interview. So why don't you talk to us a little bit more about the currency? You you quickly mentioned that there will not be a legal tender, but I know that you do have the merit system. Maybe you can explain this a little bit more and at the same time for commerce, what you would expect to be done in the streets of Liberland when we have them.
1: Well, I think once we de- declare that Liberland will have voluntary tax systems, it also makes sense to go one, go one step further, right? reward people that actually pay taxes which is a quite revolutionary idea in a sense that, again, like some countries do have a low taxes or zero taxes, but voluntary, there is no tax, no country that would propose a voluntary tax system and give something back to the, to the citizens that pay them. So, you know, in a traditional country, you really go out there and uh, you are supposed to pay $20 million in taxes. You pay just $1 million less and they send you in jail and they don't th- say you thank you for the $19 million that you paid. <laughs> You know, in Liberland we would like to create a system which, in which the citizens actually when they pay taxes they get the share of the country back and that was that, that is the whole purpose of the merit system. So no donation or no, no support of Liberland is forgotten. Everybody that helped Liberland somehow forward will receive a, a token of appreciation from the country itself Uh, which the whole ecosystem is being built on. And we intend to launch this uh, in April. It's our great wish that the whole system of decentralized justice and Congress and Senate will be launched uh, from six months from now. We are already running testnet. So it's not that that it is in the cloud. It's something which is happening. And it took us a while to find the best technology out there to combine our needs that we have uh, put together in the constitution. And to be able to find something that would not be too difficult to develop that is already tested, we found it and now we're we're already testing it. We actually had a big tech call just shortly before we connected with our developers showing us how things have progressed.
0: And with the Merit system, is it on the blockchain or how does that work? Is it available for people to participate in or how does that...
1: It is a proof-of-stake blockchain, of course. Uh, it is a blockchain that will be run by liberal and citizens. They will be basically validators. If they will run the, the servers, the, their their nodes would be randomly selected to, to confirm the transactions on the blockchain. Uh, but uh, in our constitution, they are not supposed to get political. They are supposed to basically confirm the transactions as they go. The political part is solved in Congress. And in Congress, people are voted in by people that hold merits and uh, basically the election is taking place every three months. And uh, not just that, also congressmen can lose their power the citizens can remove their, their votes that they give them anytime they want. So with next block being minted, they can also lose their power if they do something which, which their voters don't approve of. So we have a very dynamic governance system, uh, with initially seven members of Congress and ultimately 21 members of Congress, which I really believe will be a, a driving force of, of, of diplomatic and business and, activities that really get Liberland on the world map. So, you know, even though Liberland, according to the constitution, is supposed to take care only of justice, security and diplomacy, I still believe there is a huge amount of innovations that can be actually achieved when there is a dedicated group of experts that will be voted by by Liberlanders as a citizens and that you can expect a lot of innovation happening inside of our technological arena that that will be created next year.
0: Well, because when you look at somewhere like, well, most of the Western world, I suppose, and you look at the voter base, the voters are the masses. They're obviously going to vote for the person that promises them the most free stuff, but they're not the ones that are contributing the most amount of money. Um, They're not paying the most amount of tax. If someone is on a very, very low wage, if it's a percentage wise, then percentage wise, they're paying considerably less. So it's interesting that you've kind of flipped things on their head and looked at it through a different angle. The people who contribute the most amount of money or the most in other forms to the government are the ones that are actually going to be able to make decisions. I'm really interested to see how this is going to work, how it's all going to to lay out. I mean, it is very revolutionary. It's not something that we're used to. But, you know, thinking about it and the layout of how this will happen is fascinating.
1: Yep, and there are so, some other elements which we included, so if people, for example, decide they they would like to basically receive their uh, taxes back for whatever reason, basically start collecting welfare, uh, they will lose at the same time the, the voting rights. So yes, it's possible to basically unstake your tokens out of the ecosystem, but at the same time you will not be able to elect people into the power. So it's another good incentive for people to stay with Liberland, right? We are even considering the possibility to sell the citizenship as a, as a membership or in an organization as a package that still has been explored what exactly it will do to the system. But we also want people to be able to leave, of course, if they find a better country or better nation to, to leave the ecosystem, to have a full freedom to move in and out as they wish.
0: Well, citizenship by investment is big business. I mean, 20, 30 years ago, it was pretty obscure. But I mean, in this day and age, we've got the five Caribbean countries. We have Vanuatu. We have Malta. We don't have Cyprus anymore. But there's Montenegro for the rest of this year. And there's North Macedonia that just closed down. So there are a lot of countries that sell their citizenship straight up where you know it's an economic exchange for the citizenship. So I think that following in that is, makes sense. I don't see why people need to be beholden to the country that they were born in for their citizenship. As an adult, if you want to make a conscious decision to move somewhere else and to participate in that community, I think that it should be open, absolutely.
1: Yes, but just think about it. You know, compare, let's compare it one more time. You know, in, in a traditional country, you have to pay taxes, otherwise you go to jail. In Liberland, you can choose to pay taxes. You can even choose to which direction they should go, and you get actually rewarded for paying them. Right? It's a, it's a big uh, change, and I think it's actually completely. Somebody would say it's an utopian concept, but it's completely realistic. It's a it's a it's a rational way our society. Uh, should develop and and just like we basically, you know, I mean, separated the state from church, we really have to separate the state from economy. That's another another big thing that has to be done and make these relations between the between the state and the citizens voluntary is yet another big evolutionary step that has to be done uh, sooner or later on on a larger scale in order to move to the next level of evolution of, of mankind on this planet.
0: Yeah. Separation of church and state is called an anti, anti-disestablishmentarianism. I'm not sure what the, the reference is for separating economics from state, but I definitely think that it's a good idea. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Never heard that term before, actually. I have to look it up.
0: Yeah, it's... Um... I don't know the word for the separation of economics and state, but uh, I will look that one up for sure. Maybe we'll put it in the show notes at expatmoneyshow.com. Or maybe if you guys know who are listening today, put it in the comments below. Okay, so back on track. So with this taxes, okay, I'm, I'm trying to get my head around this a little bit. Because for me, obviously, I mean, I am constantly trying to help people never pay taxes. I mean, legally, I mean, have as much freedom as possible and not pay any taxes. Now, being able to pay taxes but then be able to take them back if you don't like what is happening, I think is an amazing concept because I can already think about, you know, if your country decides that they're going to go to war for another country, with another country, you could defund them. You could you could request the money back. Like, I don't support that. That's not what I want to be involved in and pull your money out. But what would the money go towards? Because I would kind of think once it's used, once the tax dollars are used, how would you be able to get it back from the country? As a citizen, how would you be able to get it back from the country?
1: Well, of course, the the tokens that you get in return, they are not going to be completely free to exchange and get them back, only 10%. Uh, initially what is what we are planning that will be possible to get in a year so that kind of that's kind of very rigid compared to let's say other other staking mechanisms on top of DAO but it's a good way to to be able to basically receive a some sort of welfare if you for example run into trouble and you know and of course for example if lebanon becomes I would say under siege by other country we must not you know, allow all the citizens to immediately cash out and break and out. I think, you know, there is a necessity to have this continuancy of things. So, what we were considering is that this is a reasonable amount of, of the share that you can unstake from the country, and uh, it's something which uh, will not will not destroy the system if if everybody decides at once to 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 kind of leave the, it will it will still allow the government to function maybe the it will create of course drop of the value of the token of the of the share uh, of merit but it it will not we uh, mean complete collapse to the ecosystem especially if there will be enough reserves in the funds of Liberland in Bitcoin, then I'm not worried that this will have any kind of adverse effect or long term adverse effect at least.
0: So it's really focused on the social safety network. So as you said, if someone, you know, loses their job or they can't, they, they've had some type of, I don't know, accident or something like this, that the country will be able to take care of them, but it's going to be done in a responsible way. Yeah,
1: also, you know, it is an alternative to social network. It's kind of an insurance, but also a good way to make sure that 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 Liberland works similar way, like basically corporations work, uh, but it's some, some sort of hybrid between a state and corporation in this sense. And I think it's a healthy, healthy merger of the two things. So the, the, the shares are not completely free to trade, but on the other hand, they are free to trade if if there is a necessity or if the person simply wants to move elsewhere.
0: Okay, brilliant. I mean, it is a thought exercise trying to understand all of these different things, the, how it would fit together, how it would work, and if this, then that type of situations. So that is something that I'm interested to explore a lot more and, and to learn more about. You know there
1: are so many other elements uh, that we put into the system and uh you know one of them is for example senate it is basically kind of house of house of lords uh but it only does have a veto power it it, it those are the basically founders of liberal and the biggest contributors that are slowly adding up to the hundred senators that there might be eventually and i think it's a good way to make sure that there is this also kind of a long-term consistency this kind of a small Monarchical element maybe in the system, which which I think is actually useful to have. Yet another institution that can veto new laws, not create them, and that that can slow down the the decline of of liberland into socialism over the time. So I hope you know the founding fathers did did make United States free for two hundred years. I hope we will be more successful with liberland. I'm giving it at least three hundred years to go to be a quite free country before we have to set up another one. So, you know, and then there are at least other cool elements that we are building like a justice system which is based on rules of international arbitrage and uh, and there are some other very cool elements that we took from ULEX if you are familiar with that system and uh, we, we tried to make it simple for people to resolve disputes so they first have to take an arbitrage but if they cannot agree on that, then there is a first instance court, and then there is then three judges in the second round. Uh, We got some inspiration from project like Kleros, which is also interesting dispute resolution project on on blockchain launched on Ethereum two years ago. So we are trying now to actually implement this protocol and, and get the grant from Polkadot Foundation in order to implement it for whole Polkadot ecosystem. So I think that's another very cool innovative thing that that Liberland is putting together so that Liberland's system, of course, is scalable and it's very efficient in delivering the results.
0: Well, it's amazing because you're able to actually look at the entire planet and cherry pick the very, very best of each governance system, of each country and say, okay, well, this worked, this didn't work. Why didn't it work? Okay, because of this, how could we modify things, change things? I mean, you get to build your own puzzle. You get to create things from scratch. And if we look at any of the countries over the last, I don't know, 50 to 100 years, like Singapore or like Hong Kong, and the more they deregulated and the less laws and rules and the lower taxes and the easier ease of business, I mean, the country's absolutely flourished. And it's like a repeatable project. I mean, over and over and over again, you can see how this happens. And now you guys get to look at the entire world and with all we know, with the information of the internet and find the absolute best things and put them together.
1: Yeah, that's why I'm also excited to visit the Free Private Cities Conference on Saturday because that's yet another place where people are getting together and they... They really brainstorm what are the best ways of governance that are currently available, and I hope we will get a couple of people, more people after this conference that is organized by Titus Gebel, to fine-tune those parameters that are still sometimes difficult to fine-tune. You know, how what should be different period of times before somebody, you know, can can get rid of that law, or what should be the right uh, terms for for congressmen to, you know, all these things. They they are kind of Difficult to set if we don't have a precedent of that happening on similar type of ecosystem. So uh, it's great that Liberland is not alone and there are many people that are actively seeking solutions to the best possible governance of either city-state in the case of free private cities or or nation-state in the case of Liberland.
0: So my understanding of forming a country, one of the main things is actually being recognized by other countries. So how has Liberland handled this? Have you guys made diplomatic relations with other countries? Well, we're working hard on
1: it. We managed to get recognition already by a couple states uh, since the inception of Liberland. We're still keeping it kind of uh, from a public site. But there is one very interesting thing about the recognition by other countries. Montevideo... Convention, which actually states how states are created, directly mentions that the state exists independently from recognition by other states, which is very important to understand. And that's why we actually started by recognizing Somaliland. There has been no other country that recognized Somaliland since. Yet there actually visit there were visits by a couple other presidents after my first visit of a president to Somaliland uh, two years ago when Liberland signed collaboration treaty with Somaliland. But the most important thing about a state, if if it is acting as a state, right? So it should be able to enter into diplomatic relations with other states. It should have a government, it should have a territory and it should have citizens. And those are the key elements to the state. And there is a very nice article by Chicago Journal of International Law, uh, which you can read up, which is like uh, 30 pages long on the history of the territory and on the fact that Liberland actually does already uh, follow the Montevideo criteria for statehood. So, you know, this is, the Somaliland recognition was the first out of couple that we now achieved. We are working hard now with with more than, I would say, 80 countries where we are actively involved in diplomacy. Right now I'm speaking to you from Dubai, where we are also opening the dialogue with with the people that are running this country in order to get more support. Not necessarily directly recognition, but let's say a behind-the-doors support of what Liberland can do for the whole region and and, uh, show them that we are actually using the best to replicate the success of Dubai in Europe and being a good partner for them in the future.
0: And so, and then what is your relation with Croatia and Serbia at the moment?
1: Well, Since Serbia stated at the beginning, they don't mind creation of Liberland, we had a, a very good uh, relations. Uh, I mean, we had the Minister of Economy of Vojvodina opening up with us the Free Trade Zone project around a year ago so that was that was very open a statement from their side we, we do have uh, many people that, that help us from different levels of Serbian administration. Uh, so, so the relations there, as well as very good relations with the local police, the relations are there great and of course because we are investing, we're building this fleet of ships, uh, we are making this village possible and we're developing this free trade zone, we have a lot of business partners there and Liberland companies are starting to be quite active in the, in the region as well. Uh, so from that point, uh, you know, from that side of the river, we are very in very good situation. Croatia has been quite tough to deal with from beginning, but we haven't really pushed since uh, some three years ago. The last arrest in Liberland, uh, if you are familiar with the situation of settlement of of different rounds of settlement of Liberland happened two year and a half years ago. Since then, we didn't have any incident in Liberland, despite Liberlanders actually camping in Liberland uh, on many occasions in the middle so from that perspective also the relations are getting better with the local police but I think for us we don't have that many shots to show to Croatia and to the world what we want to do we really want to prepare everything the time is getting together for the next anniversary for 13th of April when also a physical plan for development of Liberland is being finished and it will be actually turned into a interactive metaverse where people will be already able to see how different buildings can look like and they can add their own architecture. They will be able to run conferences inside of Liberland and other social events like concerts. So we are building everything in in the latest potentially and most attractive technology that is out there. So Liberland can be properly designed and enjoyed before it is actually physically built as well. Well,
0: I'll definitely be holding some of my conferences there once the infrastructure is in place. We do big conferences for the offshore markets. So I think that would be amazing.
1: (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, we actually already tested with our partners, uh, you know, some of the features and it's really amazing for big sales. Event or for for any kind of conferences, it's just so much better than Zoom. It is very interactive, and especially if if the market is around physical objects, it's a great way to present them. And it uh, just by the way, you know the the, the virtual the virtual part of Liberland uh, will look just as great as your background. It, you will be amazed how how amazing uh, you know really the the rendering is because we we got some really good partners for it. Uh, you know we are working with uh, with very promising startup for creation of, of virtual worlds, as well as with Zaha Hadid, one of the top architectural studios. So it's really coming together and we are only two days away from the official announcement of that collaboration. It will be done both at this Swiss conference and at the very same time on the Chicago Biennale, where all these um, partners will be speaking and introducing the whole project.
0: Amazing. So, with Liberland, are there any risks from stopping this going forwards? I mean, we've talked about so many different things today. And, I mean, I have so much hope and I'm so excited about it. That's why I reached out to you guys. Is there any risks out there that could kind of squash this plan?
1: Well, what we're doing is... I would say quite adventurous, but on the other hand, we are very conservative in the, in the, the steps that we are taking. So we're, we're going to keep on developing Liberland as far as we can get without without any sort of uh, avoiding any kind of problems that we could potentially have with Croatia. And I think there is a huge space to still improve on the way Liberland is being presented and Liberland is being organized. And I think most of these things will be actually solved by this decentralization, by having, by really not just talking about it like I've been doing, but actually by doing it, right? By putting the budget of Liberland entirely on blockchain, by putting all the decisions by government entirely on a transparent ledger. So make a a Liberland a truly example of how state can be run uh, with the latest technologies and, and how I would say innovative, the the thinking of the politicians that are motivated to run Liberland in a competitive way can be. So I'm I'm, I'm just really looking forward to when I let things go and and when when the system will start taking care of itself, because simply the merit holders will choose uh, an active leadership, which will choose the best among them to make the next steps of Liberland possible.
0: Well, and I would add to that, that I believe that by showing a good example to the world of what can be done and as Liberland flourishes, that you will actually get positive attention from other governments and you might actually be able to sell the technology and help and do consulting for other governments who want to implement certain pieces of this. I know that's what's happened with Estonia with their e-residency program. And you guys could really be pioneers in this space.
1: Well, exactly, exactly. And and you know, and I think we are probably six years ahead like we were with bitcoin so you know there is this six years which we really have the chance to utilize uh, and make this into perfection so that we are ready for this next round of revolutionary uh, you know movement that will that will bring transparency and bring some freedom ideas uh, to the other countries hopefully around the world
0: brilliant Vit, I love it. Amazing conversation today. Thank you so much for your time. If my listeners want to find out more about Liberland, if they want to get a hold of you or your team, where can we send them?
1: Well, definitely it's liberland.org. It's an easy process. It takes like three, four, four minutes to register for e-residency and uh, and from that time on, you're very much likely to be getting a phone call from us and, and finding out how you can get engaged with our activities and Wherever you are, we always have a representative there. You're likely to find some some cool guy that will help you to get, you know, to, to find your way through our ecosystem.
0: Well, and I am a resident of Liberland and I am on my way to citizenship there as well. So I'm very excited to be more involved with the project and hopefully help out as much as possible.
1: Awesome. Thank you very much, Mikkel. Great pleasure. And I'm looking forward to have you
0: for the festival next year. Thanks so much. I'll talk to you soon. Before you go, I want you guys to check out the course by my really good friend, Marco Woodser. He was a guest on episode 137, and we talked about blockchain technology and the future of the internet. It is a phenomenal episode, but he actually has a program out. And if you guys go to expatmoneyshow.com forward slash leap, you'll be able to learn more the market is changing the world is changing finance the economy everything is changing and i think that crypto is going to have a really big part in these types of things and it's not actually going to be just a digital currency actually there's a lot of things that'll be used for triple entry bookkeeping for accounting for securing the internet there's so much to be said about this and i think it really is humanity's best chance to protect the internet and what we've all built here together So what I want you to do is go to expatmoneyshow.com forward slash leap. This is really a foundational course. You're going to learn so much about the industry, how everything works, how to get involved. And I really don't want you guys left on the sidelines. That's what it comes down to. So check it out. Go to expatmoneyshow.com forward slash leap. And we will see you next Wednesday on next week's episode. Okay. Have a great day. Panama. Join me Saturday, May 4th at 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern Time for our special presentation called Investors Workshop Capitalizing on the Globally Recognized Resort Brand Coming.